Well, hello there, Mark. Well, good morning there, Johnny. How you doing, good buddy? Um, stiff. Super, yeah. super stiff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I have a story for you. My story involves uh, an errant landlord and a busted-up washing machine, and basically, like, I might have found a way to pay off my student loans, but it's in the, like, Uh-oh. shiftiest, shittiest way possible. Okay. Okay. What you got? So, you ha- you've never seen my apartment, but I live on the third floor. Um, in Germany, it's apparently only called the second floor because the ground level is the zero floor, and it's a giant pain in the ass. It was super shitty when I originally moved here because I went, oh, cool, second floor, that's great, and then had to haul my shit up an extra flight of stairs. Not the point. Anyway, it's an old German building. It's a shared space. It's what they call a multifamily domicile. And so I've got a, a set of people who live below me and then a, uh, technically another set of people that live below them, but it's a business that rents out the space right now. They're the ground level. Uh, so we all share this one big common area and it's it's just like a big staircase and shit. We're at the very top. And so I, whenever I need to do laundry or uh, whenever I need to get anything in my basement because I get a little storage thing down there or even just leave the house, I got to go up and down and up and down these fucking old ass wooden stairs. The building's been around since I think pre-war. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and so I guess I don't know. I don't know if it's a normal German thing, but when we signed up, we've got we had to like agree in our lease that once a month we were going to mop down the common area. Um, just like hey, we're gonna alternate months. I'll do it one month, then my neighbors will do it the next month, and then the the business will do it the next month. And so like once every three months, I have to get up and mop these all these fucking stairs. But nobody ever says when. It's kind of like a unspoken, hey, these are kind of dirty or something looks weird. So yeah. we're just going to mop them one day. So I never, you never have any forewarning. So I'm, I walk out and I've got my laundry because I'm going downstairs to go and do laundry. And I'm wearing my, my slides because I'm cool and I got slides and shit now. And mm-hmm. I walk and I walk and I walk and I get down to my little first landing. And then I take another two steps and I slip. Because there is a giant puddle of water from the business that's on the very, very bottom. Um, They have... shit, okay. Yeah, they have been mopping. And like I said, they don't give us warning warning or shit for any of this. Uh, They've been mopping. And I just, like, totally beef it. And my neighbors underneath us have all this huge, like, stack of shoes and everything else. Like, all their shoes, because Germans like to take them off before you get into their house. They're just all stacked up right here at the end of of the stairway. So I just like mm-hmm. basically slide, smack my ass and my lower back as hard as you can on some fucking hardwood stairs and slide ass first into this giant thing of shoes. And we're talking Ooh. like this guy loves to golf. He has like those fancy fuck you like metal tabbed biking shoes because he's in Germany and he has a nice fuck you like $4,000 bike. Um, right. Basically, there's like a bunch of metal included in a bunch of these heavy fucking boots. And so... I slip, I fall, I get smashed into this thing, and I am just, like, sore as hell. And this happened, like, four days ago, and I am still sore. But I immediately talked to my my landlord, and I was just like, hey, this is what happened, you know. We got to, like, start and, and look at a system and do this and that. And the next day, I wake up and I find a card in my um in my mailbox, and apparently my landlord had went and talked to an attorney and basically just said hey you have been hurt you need to go and talk to somebody because the business that did this 
they should be the ones at fault. Even though they're renting the space, this is part of our agreement, yada, yada, yada. So I'm reading this card and it basically just says, hey, slip and fall, no problem. We can get you money. We can get you 100,000 euro for something like this. All you have to do is go to www.gowatchthedangoldpodcast, but not actually watch it because it's an audio podcast. So listen to it instead, .com. Johnny's an asshole. Anyway, welcome to the Dangle Podcast. Those Germans got the longest web names, man. It's crazy, those compound they, words. They do. It's those, those compound words. It's a fucking German thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Welcome back to the uh, the Dangle Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I mark and my good buddy who's kind of hurting. And out of breath, Johnny. <laughs> we take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. We see if it still holds up, and then we slap it with our patented rating system. And Well, Johnny, here we are. At the end of another thing. My God. We, we are. We are at the end of season 11. Yeah, that's weird. I know. Where does the time go? I... <sighs> guess we might as well just get into it, buddy. I say so. Uh, episode 213 is where we start this week. Lucky's Wedding Suit. Original air date, May 20th, 2007. This is written by our good buddy, Jim Dotrieve. Mark, where did we see Mr. Dibitrov at? Uh, we last saw him in Glenn Peggy, Glenn Ross. We like him. We hate him. I'm super still on the fence <laughs> with Mr. Dotrieve. I don't know. But yeah. He's he's like one of those the OG writers that he's written some of our favorites in in the end like or in the beginning and now that we're getting closer to the end like he's losing some steam so you're like oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not it's like how much of a shit did you give how much are you making off residuals from your other really good episodes like they're in syndication at this point they've got to be yeah so Jim Dotrieve, our cast of characters for Lucky we- Lucky's wedding suit this week, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boomhauer, Luann Platter, Elroy, Lucky, Kleinschmidt. I felt like he, we needed to hear his first name this week. Thank you. Edward Johnson, Con and Min, and Connie Supanusimpone, Nancy and Joseph Gribble, Octavio, Buck Strickland, Joe Jack, Enrique, Donna, Maria Montalvo, and Jimmy Wichard. None of these characters, at least... This there's a whole other subsection that I'm gonna get to of the characters that show up at the wedding at the end. Yeah, yeah. But I believe these are all characters that happened before the wedding in the end. Um, but what wedding? What wedding is that? You you say, Johnny? What what are you talking about? Well, the synopsis for this week: Lucky needs money to throw Luann their dream wedding, and he falls back on his old ways of getting it. Long story short. He slips on pee-pee and impales himself in Dale's basement. Oh, oh, wait a minute. No, that's that's a really cool dream that Mark had once. Um, <laughs> buddy, our A-story characters, because that's all this is this week, is A-story. Lucky, Dale, and Hank. Let's jump right into notes. Yeah. Um. Do you want me to go? You want to go? I'll go for it, man. Sure. Uh, number one, I do not remember this episode. And you know why I might have missed this episode? Because what's our air date? May 20th, 2007? Yeah, weren't you graduating? Weren't you in college I, at that point? Yeah, I had just graduated high school the Saturday before. So I did not catch this one. I I can understand that. <laughs> um. Oh, good. Lucky is back. Hooray. Hooray. Right. This is this my is, judge. Pre- this is them this, cementing him. 
God, I just... What was the last one? Luann gets lucky, and nobody liked that millhouse. Um, <laughs> this is a special episode. Mike Judge wants us to know all about insurance fraud and how frivolous dumb shit really is. And, boy, I remember how Sue happy everybody was in the thousands. Like... Oh, yeah. I, I, we still are. We're still waiting for a big break, so to speak, and I can, you know, take Kroger for a million dollars because the ceiling tile hit me. But, like, God, man, uh, when this came out, it was rampant. Um, yes. We got a triangle sting at the beginning, denoting this is a season finale. Yes, we did. It's on my notes, too. <laughs> I like that they keep these little things like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. I just, the little things, and it's like, oh, it, they do care. Someone's paying attention. Um, This bed bug deal, the whole Bill B plot, or whatever you want to call it, that was the thing, right? Was There was like an explosion of bed bugs in like 2006, right? Am I misremembering yeah. that? Okay. So it's like, this no, is and they never really went away. Two. Yeah, no, they yeah. didn't go away. I just remember they got like super bad out of nowhere. I remember my. Because, yeah, this was the year I went to college. Um, an entire dorm wing got him. Oh, God. Yeah. So I just, I I remember this when it came up. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's weird. That was a thing. Um, oh, Mark, why did you write your notes out? Because <laughs> he hasn't learned. Um, we're rehashing plot line here. Where are they going to move into? The house across the street that's for sale that yep. Luann already lived in, but we're just going to get back into whatever. I do not see that realtor. Or, well, I guess it's a realtor, not a landlord, so it doesn't matter if they rent it to Luann or not. I just, little things like that piss me off. Um, I noticed two sign cues or gags, whatever. Uh, Yellow Rose Bridal okay. Shop, which I'm assuming is a <laughs> reference to the Yellow Rose of Texas. Uh, don't you mean the smello nose of Texas, Mark? I I guess I do. You're right. You got me, buddy. You usually sing that one with my Connie lies over the ocean. Sorry, keep going. You're hitting all the classics, buddy. Um, and also <laughs> Tico's Tacos is back. Yes! Yes, yeah. it is. I'm so glad you saw that because this <laughs> is the first time I've ever seen that. Because before it's only mentioned, we never actually get to see them fucking go. And I'm mm-hmm. like, holy shit, they went to... I saw Tico's Tacos! <laughs> they have nacho cheese there! <laughs> it's nacho cheese. <laughs> um, are we supposed to like Luann? Is she supposed to be cute this episode? Because she's really annoying. And this isn't oh, my typical Luann hatred. But, like, she's obnoxious, right? Yeah, no, she is my huge detractor for this episode. Okay, and cool. I know, like... It's it's funny, especially in 2007, to make fun of a bridezilla, and she's kind of being a bridezilla, but, n- like, good God, is she unbearable here. Yeah, she's... She's super fucking annoying. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Um, this is, and I underlined it three times. This is why I wrote out my notes. This is an okay underlined three times lucky episode. This is the best lucky episode, I think. Uh, okay. That's just me. And then, um, I got a note. Is this the last episode, question mark? Oh, fuck, yeah, it is. And then, 
Uh, oh, um, White Wedding by not Judas Priest. Oh my God, Billy jo- Idol. Jovi? Billy Idol. Thank you. Yeah, um, that's Men and Con song, and I thought that was really cute. <laughs> it seems like it fits with them. Yeah, it does. Man, it's a song. Um, yeah. How about you, buddy? Notes. Um, so you actually you hit a lot of mine. Uh, you hit the cowboy Yelp in the intro. The uh, smellow nose of Texas and Tico's tacos. Um, I've got a couple here that I thought was just kind of interesting. Um, it, they note that Lucky is thirty-eight years old in this episode. So if we go canonically, that Luann is still twenty-one. Their age difference is seventeen years. Ugh. Yeah, gross. it's kind of gross when you think about a seventeen-year-old Lucky pointing at uh, at somebody's womb and going, "Hey, I'll have that. I'll have sex with that." Um. But, you know, yeah, he probably would. Sorry, that's a Rick and Morty reference for all you guys out there. I watch that way too fucking much. Um, I, you're going to laugh at me because you know how much I fucking rail against early or uh, yeah, early 2000s and late 90s country music. But we all fucking know how Leanne Rimes wants to live without you. And I was just very curious what she is doing right now, because for a, a brief moment there, Leanne Rimes was like Taylor Swift levels of fucking popular. Mm -hmm. You could not turn anywhere without fucking seeing her face on something or hearing her song somewhere. And it was a, she was a fucking prodigy because she, what, got a record deal at 16? Yeah, that sounds right. I know, I know she was super fucking young and that was part of her appeal is like, hey, this is Britney Spears, but for the people that don't want to be gross and crass and weird and gross and fawn over a fucking Texas girl that's 13 years old wearing this shit because Leanne Rimes was a good old country girl. Um, anyway, she is still currently touring and she has a net worth of about $15 million. So I was pr- pretty impressed. Um, I'm also kind of impressed that it's only $15 million. Um, I honestly expected it to be a little bit higher considering how fucking huge she was for a point so the fact that it's not bigger is a little sad but at the same time this was 15 years ago and this is long after her like heyday um okay my last note in here is i was going to talk about the the guests at lucky's wedding lucky and luann's wedding um and these are the ones i'm I'm straight ripping from the, from the wiki Wikipedia here. So whoever put this list together, I'm trusting you not to fuck me, even though you probably did. I was going to say okay. you shouldn't, but okay. I shouldn't, but there's some deep cuts in here, and I appreciate this. Okay. Um, at Lucky and Luann's wedding, we have John Redcorn. Okay. Cotton, Dee Dee, and G.H. Hill. Mm-hmm. We have Mac Walker, the repairman from Racist Dog and Bernie Mac. Oh, that was the black guy. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, we have Tilly and apparently Gary. Mm-hmm. I didn't. See, I don't remember seeing Gary there, but apparently he's there. Um, I saw this like a month ago when my lady pointed it out to me in a freeze frame. But Januchiro is there. Mm-hmm. Um, Junkie Joe is there. Excuse me. Reverend Junkie Stroop is there. <laughs> Chuck Mangione is there. Yes, he is. Ted, Cindy, and Chain Wasana song is there. That's Shank. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed on this watch, watch through, without having looked at this list, because I was like, I wonder who I can notice, that Patch Boomhauer is there with Meemaw. Uh-huh. Uh, Lane Prattley, that horse's ass. Mm-hmm. Dooley and Clark Peters. 
fucking Carl Moss. Tammy Duvall is there. I noticed her. Um, oh, wow. Anthony Page, the social worker from the very first pilot. Mm-hmm. He is there. Mud Dauber and Elvin. Useless is there in the background, which I noticed. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, Leanne is in the back, which I don't fucking believe because there's no way she's not in prison at this point. Um, Eduardo Felipe. Who the fuck are you, Eduardo Felipe? Oh, Monsignor Martinez. Yes. Monsignor Martinez is there. Maddie Platter is there, uh, but I didn't see which version of Maddie Platter was there. Probably old Montana lady. Miss Kremser is there. Why? Okay. Uh, Miss Kremser okay. and Sharona Johnson. Um, Colette, the leader, the lead cutter from Hotties, is there. Claude Stokes. Um, he is Bobby's talent agent in Husky. Bobby is there. Bob Jenkins. Of course, I noticed him. I also noticed mm-hmm. Ernst. And allegedly Marie from They Call It Bobby Love is there. Wow. Okay. This is also the last official reference or notation towards Buckley because Luann starts freaking out and goes, why do all my boyfriends die? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's a there's a fuckload of people there that I'm like, okay, this is, this is your season finale vibe. This is what I'm getting right here. You're throwing back everything that you can um, yeah you're trying to like no don't start playing sorry i was trying to pull it up on hulu because now i'm just because like you named a couple i was like there's no fucking way they put marie in there right right but well and so now that you think about it was there any character that i didn't name off that should have been there that you think do you think uh this is my we didn't list already that... see this is my list that I noticed. Ernst, uh, Bob Jenkins, Useless, um, Buck, The Guys, Lane Prattley, uh, Pencil Boy, Patch, Boomhauer, Elvin and Muddubber, uh, Monsignor Martinez, Question Mark, Cotton Didi, GH, Super Nusen Pones, End the Basana Songs, Chuck Mangione, uh, Junichiro, Donna from Strickland, Tilly, and Carl Moss. So yours was more comprehensive than mine was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I can't think of too many other characters that I really would have wanted to see here. Um, like we so we already get to see the Strickland people earlier in the episode. We see pretty much all of them. Um, mm-hmm. when Dale goes in and is spraying things, so you don't need to see many more of Strickland. I I don't know. I really don't know what other characters that you would expect to see that we didn't get to. I'm a little sad that we got Jimmy Witchard earlier and didn't get to see him in this. I'm also sad that Octavio's not. Like, he's the weird odd man out. Yeah, okay, okay. But he also shows up earlier. Like, I want to see him at the wedding. I don't want to see him, uh, uh, like, trying to... Um, well, no, I, I fuck that. I take it back. I want Octavio anywhere I can. I, I still want to see him as Dale's attorney. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, um... Yeah, so those. That's oh shit! The... There's Sharona Johnson. There's okay. Yeah, sorry, I found the scene. I'm just gonna rattle the. Okay. Oh, sorry. Like I know that this is super bad form, listeners, but now I'm curious just because there are some in here. Oh god, the kiss it makes me want to die. Some old there's some <laughs> old chick behind Patch. I don't know who that is. That's Mima. No, 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 different. No, no, no. Ne- that, that's next to Patch. She's sitting behind her in glasses. It looks like one of Peggy's friends, maybe. 
There's Anthony oh, Page. Okay. What might be Jimmy Carter? There's a bald guy with awesome. glasses and a beard who I don't recognize. There's Tilly. The Gary model looks bad, but I recognize him from the back. He's got that weird toupee deal. Okay. Yeah. And I do not see Leanne. Okay. But there's Sharona, though. You're not wrong there. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Interesting indeed. Anyway, um, shit. Yeah, so that's that's kind of like their their fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, song we here. took way too long on who showed up at the wedding, but yeah, you're good. Um, give me your pros, buddy. Oh God, bad time. Drink a coffee. Um, <laughs> you've got insurance, Dale. Yeah, because you made me. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Pro Octavio oh, acting as Dale's attorney. Don't look at me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Want him to know I'm not looking at him. <laughs> Pro, um, when they show up to Sue Strickland, what's Buck doing? That's right, Johnny. He's coming out of taking a shit. Because that's like basically the only thing we actually see him do physically. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's great. And then Lucky tries to be not a D-Gen, and that's a pro. He actually tries to not be a D-Gen, and that's why I say this is the best Lucky episode. Right? Like, he recognizes the folly of what he did and goes, Oh, I can't do this to friends. I can't do this to family. That's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like um, his how about you, code bud? finally showed up. <laughs> yeah, um, his arbitrary-ass code that... Ugh. Okay, sorry, what? Uh, So, uh, in the beginning, does Boomhauer refer to Bill as a leopard or a leper? Because they both work, and I'm curious what you think he said. I'm going to say leper, because that's grosser. (laughs) Oh, it's way grosser, because he's got all these sores and shit. I just thought that was funny. I'm like, "Eh, that's a funny joke, especially coming out of Boomhauer, because no one's going to know. Um... (laughs) Next pro here, the sword fighting fighting sequence between Lucky and Dale in the basement feels supernatural for those two characters. That, it makes me sad we didn't get to see them screw around and pal around just the two of them because they could get into some stupid shit. Like, that is a that is a mixture of yes ending that I'm really sad we never got to sample. Um, yeah. Dale being his own insurance agent. Huge pro to me because, of course... He's still, he's going to listen to Hank because Hank is always right, but he's also going to do the Dale thing and do it the stupidest fucking way. What does he do? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just going to make my own insurance. <laughs> huge. Just, just huge. Um, And my last pro here is the, the shitty guy that Lucky always constantly goes to. It, it's almost heartening to know that shitbags like that still exist. Yes, I'm talking to you, Fred Loya. Yes, I'm talking to you, Michael Sawaya. Yes, I'm talking to you, the strong arm Frank Azar. We all know what you feed off of. And it's kind of <laughs> nice to see one get the fucking runaround for a change. So that's a pro. I like okay. that. Okay. okay. Um, uh, give me some cons. Um, cons. Why does Bill have bed bugs? Why are we doing this? Why is it... Once upon a time, we made this joke that uh, Jim Dotrieve gets some of the better Bill episodes because they share the same last name, so he gets to write cooler jokes. 
I take that theory okay. back. That's a stupid theory on my end because this is what he's giving us is this shit, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't care that Bill has bed bugs. That's not what I hate. I hate that Bill has bed bugs, and that's Bill's entire. That's his entire contribution Shtick. to this episode. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Bill is so much of a punching bag now. Like, I can, honestly can't remember the last time I was happy to see a Bill episode that wasn't the two that I go that I um that wasn't Blood and Sauce and Body Buddies. That yeah that yes, thank you. That I uh, Blue Flame. Sorry, I got fucking COVID brain fog or some shit going on. Uh, yeah, oh. th- that wasn't those two. Yeah. Um. Like, when was the last time we saw any character growth development whatsoever out of Bill that didn't just immediately turn him into a, a pant load that can't fucking do anything for himself? You know? He yeah. couldn't date Stroop on his own. Like, that was a great thing that he just had to sabotage for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Poor fucking Bill. Maybe, either that or maybe I'm having Bill fatigue. Maybe I'm really tired of seeing him. Like... They never let off the gas with him. Ever. Well, that's my problem. Never is, like, they never lay him. off, and it's always terrible. Like Bill can't have a good day. Bill's got to get fucking bed bugs. Like, yeah, yeah. I um, so it bothers me. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, Luann, this is the okay. So I don't remember this episode, but I know that this is one of those like. If you had to pick a Luann episode that you hated, or why I hate Luann, this is the episode for it. She is terrible. Like, yeah, she, it's just obnoxious. She's annoying. This is the Luann that I don't like. This is bad Luann. This is the episode. This is the episode that made me hate Luann. Hey, we're here. We found it. Um. Wow, I wrote Bill and the Bedbugs twice. Jesus. Okay, cool. <laughs> they do bring it up like three times. Like, every yeah. time you see him. Well, yeah, like, there's a bit, and it's, like, in the second act, and I've been picking, oh, fuck you. Oh, fuck you. I, whatever. Um, Wow, the bed bugs bit really pissed me off. How about you, buddy, cons? <laughs> uh, weddings? I had okay. one once. Never Hated. again. Yeah. Weddings are fucking awful. Um, They cost way too much fucking money. Hardly anybody remembers it. They all feel obligated to show up and give you something that you either don't need right away or something that you are will never need more than likely um yes i get it the idea of spending that that moment with those you treasure around you and sharing in the love and all this and that fuck dude i've married two sets of people and they're both fantastic like that's not the point weddings themselves suck ass um anybody who thinks that they're fun and enjoys them i i don't think i can be friends with you it's just i don't maybe it's my fucking ptsd dude i had such a rocky like day before and day of of my own wedding that i'm like no i'm I'm never gonna fucking do this it caused more stress on my relationship than four previous fucking years of living with my wife and like various roommates rotating in and out of our house every six months jesus like it was a lot it was a lot i would sooner I would sooner step away from her for another six months like I just fucking did than ever get married again. And wow. that should tell you all what I, <laughs> how I feel about weddings. Anyway, they're <laughs> fucking awful. Um, What's the last you, one you went you to? Hit this, the last one I went to. Um, I went to the one I, um, I, oh, the I one did you for my friend huh? Jamie and Jeremy. Duh. Never mind. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. yeah. No, like no, in that one, can I tell you why I, I didn't? Has it? 
Yeah. I was going to say, can I tell you, I didn't hate the one I officiated because it was like 20 people. Um, the ceremony was half an hour long and the rest of the night was us just eating melted cheese on stuff. Like, yeah, that, that it's about the greatest like fucking day. Yeah. Yeah, we played board games and ate, ate raclette cheese and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fucking into this. I absolutely love this. Um, anyway, next con, and you already hit this good, Luann is fucking awful in this episode. She's the epitome of spoiled. Mm-hmm. I... Do not like this because you are you are essentially telling me that she has the brain of a fucking eight year old that just goes, no, you're rich. No, you're yeah. rich. And yeah. just won't take like anything else for a fucking answer. Um, and Peggy's suggesting she rides a unicorn in and she wants to have her wedding in front of a castle. Like you're already making me feel weird that there's 17 years difference between the two of them. And he knocked her up. Um, I don't need it to be even more fucking weird that she's acting like the child that she very clearly is supposed to be. Um, yeah. Um, I have a different bill, bitch, that that's not related to bedbugs, Mark. Ooh, okay. Yeah, why do we have Bill eating birdseed at the end? Because uh, he's Bill. <laughs> Better or worse than change? At least it's edible, I guess. And he's got the strong Bill Jaws that can, you know, grind cereals and seeds. So, yeah. I... <laughs> Fuck, I don't they know. They just, they never fucking let up with this guy. And yeah. I'm sad about it. He's, um, he's a man-child. La- like, he's a man-child punching yeah. bag. My uh, last one in here is, it's almost intentionally inflammatory towards you. And it's really... Mark, if we haven't heard it yet, what are your thoughts on insurance? (laughs) Everybody sit back. He's about to say something angry. It's a scam, kids. It's a scam that you've been told to buy into, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Unfortunately, in so many different sectors, you don't even have a fucking choice. Oh, you want to buy a house? Got to buy homeowner's insurance. You want to drive a car? Got to have car insurance. Yeah. Uh, scam for a thing that might not happen. Like, thank God we've already had two King of the Hill episodes about insurance that I already got to yell about, and I don't have to yell about it again. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to... Now that yes. I don't have health insurance, I'm trying to be a calmer mark and not blow my heart out, Johnny. But, you know. I I understand. Um, In case you guys are curious uh, how heartless some of these companies are, there's like a huge portion of homeowners insurances that have straight up said, we refuse to give people insurance if they live in Florida at this point. Um, we get that you bought a house here, that you own land here, and that we have previously insured you, but really, we're tired of fucking paying because you guys chose to live in a shitty place. So there's a lot of people that their only option, because they've only ever lived in Florida their entire life, if if their house gets destroyed, they're never going to be able to rebuild it, and they can't even buy insurance to fix it. And the insurance company is allowed to just say, nope, I don't want to do that. Counterpoint, if a place is called Tornado Alley, don't build a fucking house there. No, I, I I understand that, yes. What I think <laughs> is really fucked up... I'm sorry. Up like, is it that... just... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think it's really fucked up that, that our government doesn't step in and, and tell these corporations, no, fuck you, we see the money that you have and you already committed to these people. You need to stay here. But they, if they put the money into the people, then they're not going to have as much money for themselves, Johnny. Stop being so goddamn greedy. You're talking about a CEO that's only going to get two swimming pools instead of three. Come on, man. Think about his kids that are worth more money than you'll ever be. Yeah, come on now, man. What are we... 
<laughs> you don't you don't care about the CEO and the board members of State Farm. You're you're a mean man, Johnny. You're a big mean man. Hey, coming as somebody who has now benefited from uh, socialist health care, um, you all can stay the fuck away from me. I don't want you all coming here and ruining this gravy train for me. <laughs> anyway, Mark, what are favorite moments, buddy? You got a favorite moment from this episode? Um, that little rant you just went on was my favorite moment. No, question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't... I should have watched this one twice, because I don't like this episode, but I enjoyed it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I guess I like... No, I didn't like the wedding scene, because it seems ham-fisted, and I have to see Lucky kiss my girl, but... No, I don't think there was a favorite moment in there. I got really annoyed throughout. Maybe Octavio as a lawyer, but that's about it. How about you, buddy? Okay. Um, so I've got a couple in here, but I don't know if any of them really call favorites, except for the one I'll say at the end that I, I realized when you said something here. I didn't actually write it down. Um, so first one, I like the detail given to the guests in the end. You can tell this was supposed to be the finale, and the mm-hmm. fact that they brought somebody like, like um, Twig Boy back from the first episode was like okay you guys are trying to give this its due i appreciate the attempt um i also appreciate that i think bill dotrieve might be the only if not mike judge like one of the only writers from season one that's still on staff so having him get to write this is huge mm. mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i i like the final tableau of the just the guys in the alley in their wedding suits i think that's a fun cool little moment and once again, under the guise of this was supposed to be the end of this series, that's a fun way to end it. Um, it's like iconic. It's just an iconic moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the the one that I didn't write down, but I realized is probably my most favorite moment in this whole episode. It's Lucky's conversation that he's having with Hank while he's in Hank's bathroom. And he just goes, I wouldn't go in there for a while if I were you. And he is visibly flossing his one tooth. <laughs> That's fucking you, funny. You know what? <laughs> they are real mean to Lucky and his dental problems. And speaking as somebody who has a plethora, good on Lucky for trying to do what he can. <laughs> yes. But it's just like, oh, man, you, you're just going to town on old Chomper there. And it is not helping. <laughs> Maybe it's the fucking, you know, soda with syrup in it is what's not helping. But who could say? Uh, it very well could be. Anyway, we are to ratings, Mark. Do you want to break down the rating system for us? Yeah, sure, I'll take it away. It's been a damn minute, I think, on my end. i got to start pulling my weight. At the very, very bottom is Charcoal. (laughs) Charcoal is a failure of an episode. It's a turd. It sucks. It's only good for getting soot underneath your boy's nails. Above that is Megalo. Or, sorry, above that is... Yeah, Megalo. Jesus Christ. Sorry, John. I'm... (laughs) It's early. Uh, it's yeah dude i'm kind of getting closer to human hours now so like the 5 a.m i woke up at this morning was almost unreasonable but oh buddy yeah almost unreasonable um take it away from megalo uh megalo is a turd but inside this turd are little shiny nuggets of okay corn um it's something that made you laugh maybe a character has a good line maybe the episode just isn't bad enough to turn off 
but you're not going to like it. It's a bronze. It's not a good episode. Just try and avoid a megalome. Uh, above that is butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard of an episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. Uh, there's some really good in here, and there's some not so good. So it makes it real middle of the road, kind of a silver, silver medal ranking. Above that is Charking. Charking is a gold standard of an episode. This is an amazing episode. Characters are used well. The writing is on point. The music is better for some reason. I don't know. Um, but, you know, maybe just maybe you need a little bit of context to enjoy a thing. Or maybe there's just a little bit too much lucky in your, you know, big tub of ice cream. Because a pound of shit and five pounds of ice cream still makes it six pounds of shit. Right, Johnny? And absolutely, if you and I come together and we both give it a charking, it becomes an imperial. I was shocked to see that we imperialed a couple times this season, didn't we, buddy? In yes, this, we, uh, at least once. At least once, yeah. Like that's amazing to me. Um, above that, the the greatest that we have, the the S rank, the the platinum tier, the 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 breadth, the hitman heart of episodes is our blue flame valor. This is an amazing episode of King of the Hill. This is an amazing episode of TV. You can show it to anybody with zero context, and they're going to be just as into this show as you are. And they might even start watching it, and then, like, you know, start a retroactive rewatch podcast about it themselves. And if they do, well, they owe us money, or I'm going to sue them. Uh, to that end, Johnny, <laughs> what are you giving Lucky's wedding suit? Okay, so I gave Lucky's wedding suit a butane. And okay. I'm going to tell you... If Luann is the huge piece of this, and now talking with you, Bill is also a, a smaller, but um, no, smaller piece, but still there. Luann is a huge piece of why I I brought this episode as far down as a few. Um, I don't mind this episode. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said this might be the best lucky that we get because he, we we get to see a pal around with him and Dale getting silly, stupid in an area that he probably would excel at if he wasn't a giant piece of shit and just wanted to live off PP money his whole life. Like, Lucky the Exterminator makes a lot of fucking sense, and he actually would make Dale money. Um, the I like the, like, shifty, shitty attorneys and everything else that happens in this episode. I appreciate that Lucky is still trying to look out for his lady, but he's also trying to adhere to his code. Like, we get some depth from a new character here. Luann drags this episode so far down for me because if you take out probably 80% of Luann and 100% of Bill from this episode, it's not getting a butane from me. It's getting a Char King. Okay. Um, but Luann and her, I'm going to be a stupid spoiled brat the entire time. And Bill with his just absolute fucking nonsensical doesn't need to be here attitude. Yeah, no. It's it's uh it's a butane. This is middle of the road for me. Con congratulations, guys! You took a good episode and shit in it. You made you made six pounds of shit. <laughs> what about you, buddy? Um, well, I'm actually kind of excited because now I get to make that goddamn sound effect that I've been threatening to make for an entire season, and we didn't have the two-tane up until now. It's a two-tane. My dad says butane, 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 butane. Butane out of me. It is hey. real middle of the road, but it represents King of the Hill pretty damn well. And quite frankly, if this was a series finale, well, okay, it could have been stronger, but it could have been a lot worse too. You know, like yeah. So it's all right. It's um, 
I wouldn't say it's a good way to end a season or a series, but it's a passable way. So, I mean, it's a wedding. It's a wedding. Most stories start with one, but this story ends with one. So, yeah. It's very sitcom-y that they either start or end with a wedding. So, yeah. Cool. Well, Mark, before we move on to season 12, we've got a, a, a new segment I want to debut for maybe only, you're only going to hear it on like two episodes, three episodes, and it's called Stats with Johnny. Oh, And boy. we're going to talk about a little a little bit of uh, what what we gave season 11 here. And guys, we really should have been doing this in season one, but fuck, I guess it takes two years to hit your stride and figure some shit out. And Mark and I are almost <laughs> at our second anniversary, so eh. Uh, uh, so guys, I did drops, a tally. It should be... Sorry. Yeah, this one Should will drop. Be? Well, so this one will drop Friday, September the 1st. Our anniversary is the 3rd. So, hey, I can also say happy okay. uh, two years to you now, buddy. Happy two-year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> happy two years, bud. Uh, so what I did is I went through our spreadsheet here and did a tally of what Mark and I gave all of these episodes here. Um, I, I counted up the ratings and and I did a little bit of mathical mumbo jumbo because mathical and mumbo jumbo are both very much English words. Yes, so are. guys, we're gonna randle them off here. We had this season in season eleven one charcoal, only one charcoal rating, and it was Mark for Luann gets lucky. We <laughs> had three megalos, one megalotane, six butanes. Now with the two we just gave, eight butanes total, four bukings, Mark, and all of them came from me. So apparently I had a lot more to say about uh, these episodes and could see a little bit more of the shine than you could, which is, it's okay. Um, We had five Char Kings. So that tells me that there's some shit in here you and I both really liked. And one of those was an Imperial. Do you remember which one? Um, uh, Not Bill Bulk. You gave that one a, you gave that one a uh, blue flame. A blue flame. Um, what, what, Which one was it, buddy? Shy of me, like cheating. Grand Theft the Arlen. Oh my god, that was like two <laughs> Grand, weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, Grand Theft Arlen got our only Imperial this week or this this season. So yeah, and then uh, of course the only two blue flames we got this season were both from me for Bill Bulk and the Body Buddies and Blood and Sauce. But that was uh, that was gonna happen. So guys, what I did is just like we did at the end of season ten, I assigned a charcoal through a blue flame uh, number rating. A charcoal is a one, a megalo is a two, a butane is a three, and so forth. And I did a little bit of math here. So, in season 11, we're not going to count the episode Mark and I just reviewed because I don't want to have to try and do a bunch of numbers and shit while I'm recording. So we're just going to do the first 11 episodes. In season 11, we had a possible of 110 points attainable. That's if Mark and I blue flamed every single episode. We'd get 110. Out of 110, we scored 71.5. So that leads us to a 0.65 or D rating. If you want to go on a on a like a mathematical like school-based scale, it's a 65%. So it's a mid D. It's not super great, right? Um, D's get degrees, and this definitely proves that rule. If you want to go by increments of 20%, however, or increments of 20s, so fractions. You could say that, and you know, zero percent to twenty percent would represent a charcoal of a season, and so on and so forth. So that makes this season at sixty-five percent, just above a butane. Now, 
Just to give you guys a little bit of comparison, I did the same thing for season 10 so that you can see whether we liked this one more or less. I think Mark and I have kind of fell on the consensus that we liked season 11 a lot more than we liked season 10. Um, and the numbers actually prove it. So season 10 had 150 possible points. We scored it an 88.5 out of 150 or a 0.59. This is an F in academic terms. It's a megalo for season terms. And it had zero blue flames and double the charcoals. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, th there's a little bit of stats for you on how Mark and I stacked up for season 11. We definitely liked it a lot more than 10. Um, I'm really not surprised here. And I, I wrote a little bit. Um, I, I did a little bit of research, wrote a little bit about this intending... This is this episode's intention to be the series finale and how that kind of came around and how it yeah. actually ended up not being the series finale. Um, and it has a lot to do with the quality of season nine and 10 specifically, which I think is kind of fascinating. to me. So Fox originally had intended this episode to be the series finale, but then afterwards they asked for two more seasons of 20 plus episodes. So I think around 20 episodes is what they were ordered. Mm -hmm. Um, the final season, season 13, has 24, but they only aired 20 of them on Fox. They intentionally kept four of them off. Um, I think they had them in the bank just in case they needed to fill something in for sweeps or for baseball or some shit like that. Uh, but those four were originally premiered. They didn't premiere on Fox. I believe they premiered on Cartoon Network um, on Adult Swim because I think that's immediately where this went right after it left Fox. Um, okay. So... Canonically, to Sirloin with Love, our season 13 and series ender is the series ender. It's the last episode that premiered on Fox. Even though there are four more episodes that technically premiered after it, it's the last one that did it on Fox. Um, so the show was initially canceled. The reasoning was season nine had a, a historically low, low viewer rating for them in their target demographics. It was only 4.8 million. Um, I want to say the second and third season was up to like nine million almost eight and nine million okay for throughout the whole season or some shit like that like it was much much higher that's the heyday of it mm -hmm. um but 4.8 million is really really low for them but oddly enough they st they still had two more seasons and within seasons 10 and 11 they ticked themselves back up over their newer shows like american dad like they ended up with a higher viewer count over american dad um this is what prompted them to give them another two seasons. They basically said, okay, you're out doing our newer shows still. There's no point in pulling the plug on you quite yet. Um, and the creator is still kind of somewhat on board. So let's rock and roll. Um, I say kind of sort of on board because Mike Judge talked in, I want to say 2009. So that would have been season 12. That's I think season 12 coming up here is 2009 because it officially ends in 2010. Yeah. Um, but he had stated in that interview that he he thought oh, for a long time like he had wanted to stop the series around uh, season five or six. Um, he his wish was that it stopped when it was high and when it was doing really really good and he didn't want to run it into the ground. And so he really took the opportunity to go cool. If you guys are gonna give us this, this is it. I'm not resigning another thing. We're gonna end it like I want to. We're gonna make a make a stand here and just say cool. This is mm -hmm. it. This is finito. I. I don't want to continue on with this. Um, so fun story, as Mark and I have talked about multiple times on this podcast, or at, at least at the very much in regards to what we're going to do next, 
Um, King of the Hill was not replaced by the Cleveland show. The Cleveland show simply just, it, that's what was put into its time slot. Um, mm-hmm. Mike Judge intended to end the show. So it wasn't re- really canceled, I would say. I, I'd just kind of give him the, eh, Judge got tired of doing this. And honestly, the the guy is the voice of the main character. I think it's his call. Right. <laughs> not only as creator, but also as actor. Right. Um, But yeah, so we ended up with two more seasons here that we weren't originally going to get. The I guess the only thing left to say about the, this finale is that uh, about a year ago, they aired on YouTube. Somebody dropped a link. I want to say it was Greg Daniels of what the intention, like they filmed and and animated and voice acted and did all this stuff for a, a sequence that was supposed to go at the end of this episode. Um, well, you and I, we've referenced it on here, right, Mark? Yeah, we've talked about it a couple times. You had sent it to me. No, you had shown it to me. You had waited before. You were in the think hole when you actually like sat. No, we were in Denver. Yeah, that, that day that yeah. we um had our production meeting at the barcade and <laughs> yes. you forty. Yeah, um, no, you had showed it to me then, and I'm like, that's asinine. It makes no sense. And you're like, fuck you, Mark. This is what they <laughs> intended. I'm like, no, it's not. Fuck you. And you're like, fuck you. <laughs> you know yeah, how I feel they, about they explain... it. I think it's a complete misdirect and a slap in the face to anybody. That like you know oh, God, sat here yeah. and watched it, watched a show for the started in what nineteen ninety six. So you know thirteen years. Yeah. We'll say it's just a slap in the face, man. Like that's all that that was. I I hate that kind of shit because then people pick it up and run with it, and it's one of those things that sticks around. Like Bill is Bobby's dad, and I'm just I'm so not into that kind of crap. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because like the, the big thing in there is they talk about how tanking it to the streets and uh, Yankee Hanky were all part of a some sort of fever dream that Bill had. And he kept because he kept getting them from eating at some Hungarian place in McManorbury. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, OK, what? <laughs> no, that's that's fucked up. It, it, at least if you're going to do that, talk about it, make him make him go eat at the revolving restaurant. Like, don't insult me here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, guys, this is uh, this is it for season eleven, and uh, we are raring and ready to go for season twelve, aren't we, Mark? Let's toss that bouquet to the new season. Okay, this is season 12's first episode. Two hundred and fourteen episodes of King of the Hill. Later, we are at the sweet smells of excess. Original air date September twenty third, two thousand and seven. Um, Johnny would have just started his senior year of high school here, so I don't think I watched this when it came out. Um, yeah, uh, this episode was written by Michael Loya. Mark, have we seen Michael Loya before? That does not sound familiar to me. I have that it was written by a Dave Schiff, but okay. And also, no, I don't think we've seen Loya either. That was what IMDb told. I've been going off IMDb for, um, our writers and he will show up again. He's got, okay, he's got a couple more in this series, but this is his first one, just like we saw last week with uh, Sanjay Shah. Okay. So I think this is, I think Dave is a new guy too. Awesome. Okay. Um, He also wrote a lot for that 70s show, though. So you might be tangentially familiar with him because I know you're rewatching that. Oh, I just rewatched the whole thing, and guys, it's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) talk about a colossal waste of a hundred fucking episodes um (laughs) anyway uh welcome welcome to the dang old podcast mr schiff 
Um, our cast of characters this week, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Deltree, Boomhauer, Luann Platter, Nebraska coach, Jake Middleton, and football stadium attendees. Um, Mark, our synopsis, Bobby gets to go to his first college football game where Hank and the guys make a disastrous on-the-field call. Uh, there's really only an A story here, Hank and the guys and Bobby. Um, this is a let's get Bobby into something he already should be into at this point story. The B story, I, I am you sorry, you, <laughs> you are missing a crucial B plot or a, a, a sub one plot. As yeah, I said, the, Peggy... my A sub one here is Luann and Peggy. I was getting yeah, to why, it. <laughs> why Peggy's not allowed outdoors anymore during sporting events. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen this ragey Peggy since she's just bashing the shit out of the, the um, um, oh God, the, the batting cages screaming at Luann to get her more quarters. Oh, and Bobby slam. Luann! Yes. Quarters! Yes. Um... <laughs> Also, uh, really quick, Modelo, Chalada, Limon, Isol, S, Mucho, No Bueno. Mucho, gross. No Bueno. Oh, no. I don't no, know how to buddy. say fucking gross in Spanish, but. Um, Fiken Schlecht. Yeah, we'll go with that. The flavor yeah, is Haschlecht. Haschlecht. <laughs> got an ugly Oof. flavor. <laughs> that, is, that is not good. Uh, Mark, give me some of your notes, buddy. I think this is going to be a shorter one for us because I do not have a lot for this episode. That's interesting. I got a ton of notes. Um, oh, thank God. First, first thing out of the gate, it's a retro reference rage. God, do you remember HDTV? And remember how like it yeah. was flat and what a weird novelty that was and we could not understand it and like pictures were like beautiful. I such a weird moment in time for me with with like that yeah. weird sh- that changeover. We are back into a classic King of the Hill trope. What is it, John? That's right. We're going to play some football. But we can't have, you know, actual stakes, so it's going to be some college football. Yes. It's whatever. It's fine. What is on Luann's B side of that tape that you don't want to listen to unless you want to fall in love? Um You know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what what Luann's music tastes would be, and the only thing I can imagine her is because I've heard her sing "Gitchi Gitchi Ya Ya Ta Ta," and it's that. Okay. Okay. Um, what the fuck is Luann's music taste, dude? Because it's not the uh, the Gambler. That's Hank. Yeah. No, I spent a lot of time last night on this. Um, I think no doubt. I bet you Luann was all about no doubt. Okay. There's that one and. I don't know the words to it, but I bet you Luann listened to that song on repeat. Okay. Yeah. Um, I bet you there's some, um, that Butterfly song, you know, Come a Lady, Come. come a lady, I bet you she listened to that. Okay. What is that, Eve 6, right? I, bet. I think so. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of that. And then I bet you there's like shitty generic to oh it's all the shitty generic 2009 country music or 2007 country music so there's the one about yes. like romeo the, the taylor swift the uh love story one the romeo and juliet um oh god it's all terrible don't play the b track is the point um i like the guys in their longhorn gear it's just cute i just costume <laughs> changes we get we, horned up we're a sucker for and we get a lot of changes. good costume change yeah, we get a lot of good yeah. ones this week. Um, what's your favorite concession stand snack? A lot of color. A lot of color this week, and I like 
sorry, Chilada's coming back. No, no, you're good. It's different. I like how <laughs> I like how bright and pretty this episode is. They really go out of your way to make you want to go to a Big Ten game. It's, it's kind of cool. I'm more impressed. I swear to God, they went and got the actual colors from like Pantone for the yeah. Texas orange and Nebraska red. Like they, I oh, think somebody actually yeah. gave enough of a shit because I've seen Texas or uh, fucking Nebraska red everywhere living near Denver. Because for a long time that was the Buffs' big rival. Um, yeah. God, yeah, no, it's fucking beautiful colors. Sorry, I totally derailed you here. You no, no, not at what all. My favorite um, ballpark. Oh yeah, snack yeah. Is. What's your yeah? What's your favorite concession stand snack? But also, I was gonna say, um, you know, the N on the Nebraska helmet stands for, right? <laughs> Fix it again, Tony. <laughs> Knowledge. <laughs> my grandmother is from Nebraska, and she loved the Cornhuskers. And my granddad, every time they'd play or they, she'd watch one of their games, my granddad would walk in. You know what the N stands for, right? Knowledge. Oh, fuck Knowledge. you, Harry. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's like his, it's his favorite joke. You know what the N stands for, That's right? Amazing. Knowledge. <laughs> um. Anyway, what is your favorite concession stand snack? Um. I just, I thought about it last night, and it's like twenty dollars soda, but. God, dude, like, ballpark nachos are the greatest, nastiest Ugh. things in the entire world. I would stab a dude for some good ballpark nachos. I'm going to agree with you, um, because while I I will get down on fucking hot dogs at baseball games, like, that is my favorite fucking thing. I will go to Coors Field and eat, like, six goddamn Rockies dogs. I know they're, they're like, 18 inches long. I fucking love hot dogs. Um, if you guys couldn't tell, I did a whole, we did a whole episode called the fat and the furious where I sat there and talked about my extensive knowledge of competitive eating. Um, but fucking nachos, dude, I don't need six of them to get satisfied. It's like one big fuck you thing of nachos that I am happy. Mm-hmm. So I'm right there with you. Either that, or I like, um, ice cream out of the little upside down hat. Oh, okay. Okay. But usually, like, the last time I had that, I went to a Sky Sox game, and it was, like, 10 years ago, because they were still in the Springs, and they're not in the Springs anymore. Really? Yeah, I think... That well, shows you what I know about I minor know league baseball. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they went. But, Interesting. Yes, it's it's got to be nachos, for sure. I've always wanted to try... Like, every year I, I go and check out ESPN, they do an article before um, Major League Baseball season starts about what new foods get added to the major league baseball parks. Cause they have some of the strangest, weirdest shit. And every year I find one on there that I'm like, I really want to try that. Even though it's like 50 fucking dollars, I have to try that. Um, you keep going and I will find you. There's one that, that, uh, the Arizona diamondbacks had that I was just like, this looks insane. Okay. But I'm gonna look it up uh, while you keep going. Yeah, sure. Um, this is season 12. When characters change a little bit, we're going to get some rewrites. We're going to get some revision. Uh, Hank gets the ability to teleport because he just shows up at that box like across the stadium, across the collegiate stadium in about 30 seconds. So Hank is now Nightcrawler, we can safely say. Um, okay. I really like I really like Bobby this episode. Just anything that he does, I really like it. This is a good Bobby episode. I like his general interest in the thing. Um I, I like when he's talking about, like, this is what I would do with the ball, and Hank goes, that's a play, Bobby. Like, and he takes a beat, and he's just so, in that moment, Hank loves this boy. That boy is right, and I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> I know you're looking something up, so I'm going to skip that one. 
Um, Hold on, I I got you. I got sure. you. Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the one that I was looking for, but I I do think this is kind of cool. So the Arizona Diamondbacks have what they call versus dogs because the Diamondback dog at every game has got hatch green chili queso, chorizo, roasted corn, pico de gallo, and venom sauce, and that Jesus. sounds fantastic on a hot dog. Okay. But each each team they fight has got a specific dog that you can get for them. For example, the L.A. Street Dog is a bacon-wrapped hot dog with onions, bell peppers, and jalapenos. And the Ooh. Brewer Dog is cheese sauce, shredded cheddar cheese, crispy fried cheese curds, and scallions. Ooh. So, like, <laughs> I fucking love ballpark food, dude. It's it's terrible for you. It's the reason that most Americans should be dead by the time they're 35 if they're good and love sports. <laughs> anyway, keep going. <laughs> um, I don't hate the jump in this episode. When they, you know, suddenly the game is over and they got to escape from New York it. I like that a lot. Um, okay. They just yeah. kind of get like, they continually get yes and it into bullshit. And I like it quite a bit. I think it's smart the way they did it. Yeah, I, I like, I like Hank explaining to Bobby too, you know, about the like, well, you know, you know, Bobby goes, is it all right that I never want to live again? And yeah, that's pretty much normal. And I understand that because I'm a Packers fan, but we come back every season <laughs> and hey, we're looking good this year, eh boys? Um, there you go. Finally, I, I know I'm talking all this good shit about how I like it, but I also, nobody knows who these guys are. There's no way that they're going to be like, that's the guy that was impersonating, you know, like nobody knows. Yeah. Stadium of what? 40,000 people? Nobody's going to, I just don't care for that. I don't really like that bit about, we got to hide. Why? It's, it's all right. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, those are my notes, buddy. What do you got for me? I've been talking a long time. Sorry. No, you're good. Um. So I don't watch college football. I don't see the point of it being televised. I think it's awful and gross in the fact that none of the athletes actually get any of the payments or proceeds from the promotions that come out of college football is even worse. Um, That being said, it's not going away anytime soon. So I guess if I have to say I have a college football allegiance, I've always had a soft spot for the CSU Rams. Um, my grandpa graduated from Colorado State, and I've had a lot of family that went to CU, and the Buffs fans are just the fucking worst, so I always I always prefer the Rams. <laughs> I also like Fort Collins way better than I like Boulder. Um, yeah. That's, that's just me. Um, that, mean, and, that, means you, uh, that means you are a real Colorado resident. You, you like you, Fort Collins better than Boulder. Yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it, the CSU has always been a smaller market team. So if I ever wanted to watch a bigger market team of college football, I'm going to make some fucking enemies when I say this here, except for your podcast co-host, Josh, will absolutely love me. My other big <laughs> college football team I watch is the Ohio State University. And I have been watching them on and off, like pay attention to them ever since I found out my favorite running back from the Tennessee Titans, Eddie George, won the Heisman with them. So, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, Ohio State. Let's go Buckeyes. Um go Bucks. I feel like we were we were robbed by not getting to see a rendition of Trollio and Juliet. That needed to be our end stinger. I really wanted to see Bobby and the guys dressing up as trolls and doing Trollio and Juliet. <laughs> I like that Boomhauer has notes on it. <laughs> yes. Um Ike I kind of want a corn husker corn hat in the the fashion of the cheese heads that you lovely Packer fans get. I noticed it in the stands and I'm like, that's kind of awesome. It's just a giant thing of corn. 
Oh yeah, the long ass corn cob. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a th- I just yeah. kind of want one. I don't know if it is, but if not, like that fuck dude, that guy could have made a lot of money He's just selling a bunch of dweebs from Nebraska fucking hats. Um <laughs> and my last note here, I looked to see there is no current number twenty on the um Longhorns team this year for from Texas. That is it Texas or Texas State Longhorns? I don't remember. Um Whoever the fuck the Longhorns are. Uh, there is no number 20, but there is a number 19, and he's got a famous daddy, and an f- even more famous uncle, and an even more and more famous uncle, and kind of a famous dad. Uh, number 19 for the Longhorns is an incoming freshman this year by one name of Arch Manning, nephew of Peyton and Eli, son of Cooper. Poor bastard. I yeah, feel he's terrible got a lot for that of kid, and I wish him nothing but well. Oh my god. I, I do too. I I wish him well. If anything, I want him to be able to make his own fucking money because at the very least, if he tanks and, and just fucks up hard, at least he's got his uncle's, his dad, his grandfather's money to fall back on because his dad or his grandpa was a NFL coach for a while, I think. Okay. Um, so his family, all of them come from money. Cooper's the only one, I think, that never played in the NFL. But it's like, eh, I kind of want you just to fuck it, dude. Make your own thing. Do your own thing. Yes, you've got a huge pedigree to live up to. Good luck with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's a yeah, huge, it's... huge deal. This is his freshman year there. Whew. I hope he listens to the Dangle podcast. God, how how wild would that be? Um... Archman, and give us a shout out, please. <laughs> um... It's not too late to send that mailbag there. Or, well, actually, it is when this one will have released. It's too late for the mailbag. It is. But still, send us a... <laughs> Something there, Arch. Arch Arch Manning, please please use Mark's N is for knowledge joke the next time your team plays Nebraska. I want that. You know to what? Happen. Do that. Yeah. Do it on a press conference. You know, how do you feel about competing? Well, you know, they're a good team, they're a smart team, and N for knowledge. Go get them, guys. Yeah, I'm in. N for knowledge, yep. <laughs> Mark, give me your pros for this episode here. Uh, number one, I got a con. I cannot find the giant corn hats. Sorry, buddy. Son um, of a bitch. Yeah, I checked on Amazon, nothing. Um. Oh my God, I'm so sorry, John. I need to not fucking <laughs> write these Drink that anymore. Beer? No, no, I need to not write these out anymore. Bobby watching oh, TV. Oh. It's something. I don't know what that says. It's uh, just. A, it's I guess Bobby, general probably pro. Bobby, Bobby just staring watching... at the TV. Maybe I don't know. It's just I don't know what he. I don't. I don't know. I got nothing. Okay, think of, think about one. it. Was it, is it before? Is it department store or is it when they're at at Hank's house and everybody's I, catering to it? No idea. I well, fuck. I don't know. I'm trying. I don't know. We're, <laughs> no, you're good. We're just gonna skip that one. I like Hank's enthusiasm. This is how Hank. This is how you do a thing, Hank. This is how you slowly get your boy into a thing. Not I'm gonna be a big swing. This is the best Hank gets Bobby into a uh, hobby episode. I think. He's not a big swinging dick. He's not forcing him to do a thing. He sees that he's into a thing, and then he tries to like foster that and help it grow. And I like that a lot. He does. I think that's a great bit out of Hank. He flips around when he needs to, even which I think is it's kind of rare for Hank. He's kind of a tight ass when it comes to money, but he's like, "Now oh, here's twenty bucks instead. We can deck your room out and all sorts of shit." Like, it's just kind of cool to see him not really think about anything other than, "Hey, I really want Bobby to enjoy this with me." Waste baskets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nebraska. 
laughed way too hard at that. Um, <laughs> Bill getting attacked by the birds. I'm really glad that birds still hate Bill and will attack him oh, at any given moment. That's, that's how you pro. fucking use Bill Dotrieve is you attack him with birds. You don't give him bed bugs. You don't disfigure him. You attack him with birds every time. They're getting the bird seed from last week. That's all. Um, that's my favorite moment. Um, Hank standing in the box. An onside kick? That's crazy. Hey, you called me. <laughs> um, the la- Okay, so I like the labyrinth of the tunnels as they're trying to escape the uh, Superdome there. Yeah. And then I like the music. So just the music throughout there, but then the music that's playing with the scene with the guy and with the baby in the car. With the baby in the car. Sorry, this okay. fucking Modelo's killing me. Um, it's literally <laughs> killing me. Um, that's that music is amazing. Go back and watch that scene again. And like Okay. It's just really good. Every now and then like the music ratchets up to eleven. I'm reminded of um Opera's Hank when I was like all horny for the flute riff. When he's like yeah, driving yeah, yeah. around. Yeah. Same thing with this one. It's a great little bit. And I just sometimes, man, they really hit those that music hard and they hit it super hard this episode and I really liked it. Um, how about your pros, buddy? Um, I really appreciate Hank and Peggy's reaction to Bobby watching football in the Megalomart. Um, mostly because that is how I am with my cats every single day. I will like I'll nudge Jessica and just be like, Look, she's sleeping. Look how cute she is. She's sleeping. Don't move. Don't make a sound. Don't even fucking breathe. Just turn and look and see. And it's it's I swear to God, that's exactly how they were treating Bobby. It was just like, oh, yeah, I know that feeling. It's just <laughs> it just makes you feel good. Um, you already hit Bill getting attacked by birds, so I don't need to go over it again. But that's just awesome. Good writing. Um, I love how weird the football rituals get in this episode, like Bobby huffing the beer. Yes. You know, it's so strange. But at the same time, like, we've all had that one friend who, you know, refuses to wash his jersey that's that's got, like, three years worth of fucking nachos, grime, and B.O. embedded into it because it's apparently a lucky shirt. It's like, your team hasn't fucking won in ten years. It's not that goddamn lucky. Just go watch <laughs> the fucking It's a Steeler, thing. Shane. It's not going to be good. Stop it. Watch the goddamn... Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a terrible towel that you don't really have to towel with, bud. Come on. Um... <laughs> but like Bobby (laughs) anyway Bobby is also like so willing to get into some of these uh, all the way to the point where he he gets down on all fours and starts grazing like a longhorn and what does he graze into his fucking mini eclairs (laughs) huge pro to me but like he just immediately accepts it like oh this is part of football culture cool I like that let's do it <laughs> um, but yeah, Bobby, he's just like he's so ready to just join in on all of this shit, and it makes me really happy. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I've got for pros. What do you got for cons for this episode? Um, cons. I feel like Hank should be more excited to see that blimp when it flies over him. He should just be more. I I, I feel like he would be into blimps. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. I 
I think this, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm coloring this because I've watched a lot of Simpsons and I know that's something Homer Simpson would freak the fuck out over. So maybe I'm projecting yep. that. But no, I think you're right. I think he would be excited to see the blimp right by his head. Hey there, blimpy boy. Flying through the sky so fancy. Free. Hey there, gambler, up inside your blimp. Gambler. He's a monster. Blimp We made it. We were, we were doing so well. We didn't reference Simpsons. I didn't sing Nacho Nacho Man when we were talking about. <laughs> and here we are now. Fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, We've been good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we have. Not really, but we're trying. <laughs> um, we have multiple Bigfoot and one Jack Ruby corpse, but no Loch Ness Monster corpse. Dale ought to know better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But hey, we're starting that, well, maybe it's already concluded by now, but they did that big search, that new search for uh, Nessie, the biggest one in, uh, what, 50 years. So, we'll oh, see shit. how that plays. Yeah, they like, it, it's either I, I, concluded or active right now when this drops, but. Oh, shit. Um, I appreciate that Dale immediately shut Hank down of like, how will they ever find us? Um, all they have is a bear, like barely have a picture. And he immediately has like four examples loaded. Like, fuck you, man. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I find everybody. <laughs> um, and hey, can you guess my last con? The, the, the con, one of the, the, on your spreadsheet of what pisses Mark off, what pisses me off more than anything in this entire show? When Bobby's bad Not at lucky. sports? No, it's football in general. It's football. Calm down. <laughs> it's football. Shut the fuck up. All right, I'm done. I just, I, again, I, I'm not an ardent fan. I'm loose at best, and I only follow it to talk to people and make me a little bit more of a rounded human. But, like, dude, I just, you know, they beat up the one dude in the retro jersey, right? In fr- and I understand it's it's writing. This is what we're doing. But, like, it is just college football calm the fuck yeah. down okay um those are my cons okay yeah. um so i have one here it's that bobby has shown he likes sports before kind of like when he hits willie nelson with a golf ball or when he plays baseball the like three fucking times or when he plays football or when he plays soccer or when he does chip block Oh my God, guys, do you act like Bobby just has zero interest in anything other than fucking troll dolls? Like, <laughs> Jesus. Well, you know, but they're being consistent with the troll dolls too, at least. They are, but still, like, God. Shit in one hand and pee in the other. I still got nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I Germany's making so you we, weird. It's, it really is. Mark, I know you mentioned this as a positive thing earlier, at least I heard it in your voice, but I don't really care for the B-plot here because I don't feel okay. like it's utilized very well. I, I think it's just like smash cuts in and away. Um, I do appreciate the progression because Peggy starts off and is nice and normal, and then you see her explode. The next time you see her, there's shit that's all awry. The final time you see her, she has blasted the fucking TV with the remote and is now just like <laughs> screwed. So I appreciate that progression, but it's it just doesn't do too much for me here. Um, I don't know. Maybe the scared Luann in the corner is what turns it off for me. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, 
And my last con here is the concept of scalping, because Hank has to go and buy tickets from a scalper who sells them sells him tickets at face value plus a hundred. And uh-huh. scalping is the shittiest swindle for anyone to do for any fucking reason. Scalpers ruin the collectible market. They fucking ruin it going out to live events. It is not fun to do anything anymore. I don't want to do anything other than sit in my house because I'm just going to keep getting nickeled and dimed by people. Um, everybody has turned it into a fucking side hustle. So, mm-hmm. God, I can't even... I was just telling you off off mic that I'm playing a new cl- uh, collectible card game. And even if I could find cards like that in English in my country, which I can't because they're all in fucking German, even if I could find them, guaranteed they'd all be sold out because this fucking game just came out like a week and a half ago. And that's what people do now. They just buy up massive stocks and they sit on them and they wait for you to go get desperate enough and buy the box of them off of eBay. And what do, I hate it. What do you mean you bought a PlayStation and an Xbox as soon as they dropped? God, I got my Xbox. The, <laughs> I ordered it the day it officially released. And I, I had to order it through the website. I still didn't get it for a whole nother month. And I, yeah. ref, and I didn't get to buy it in store. I, yeah. I To this day... I have never seen an Xbox and a PlayStation side by side in a store since the since the still waiting on my five. Yeah, like it's it is fucking ridiculous. Scalpers are disgusting. Yeah, I I hate them. Yeah. So if guys, if you scalp anything, I don't give a shit if it puts money on the on your table of twelve fucking adopted children that all have diseases that are incurable, and you're just the world's best humanitarian. Those kids should die, and so should you, Mark. Yeah. Where to favorite moments? Fuck them kids. (laughs) <laughs> that was a very harsh thing for me to say, but goddamn, if that's not going to be sound clipped somewhere and, and come back to haunt me in 10 years. <laughs> John, we'd love to give you this director of behavioral medicine, but uh, we found a podcast you were involved with, Dangle Podcast. Oh, God, was it the... Uh... <laughs> is it my rant where it? I told 12 kids to die? <laughs> you told 12 kids to die? No. <laughs> we just really liked the Bernie Mac episode. <laughs> favorite moments wrap him up college boy and then she like tackles the tv (laughs) bear hugging that fucking box tv (laughs) also keep an eye out next week we should the hills should have a new flat screen tv if they don't already um because peggy murdered this one Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about you, buddy? Favorite moments? Um, there's one line said by an extra in the background um, when they're beating the shit out of uh, the, the other guy in the retro jersey. I just heard somebody pipe up very audibly, but very like, miss, like it, it, you can tell it was supposed to be something you have to listen for, but it just hears, violence is the answer. <laughs> yep. I heard, yeah. <laughs> and I went, oh, that's, that, that made me chuckle. That's, that's close to a favorite moment I'm going to get here. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, I really just want to come out in favor of the B plot. I like watching Peggy go insane. I like how scared Luann gets. I like that Peggy's yeah. not allowed to go anymore. She's not allowed to go. Fun fa- or fanfare was the last time Peggy was allowed to go watch a live event. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I know it isn't. I know that wasn't what happened, but I love that bit. Um. All right. Shit. Are we to ratings already then? We are. Cool. What are you giving her, buddy? Um, I gave Sweet Smells of Excess a butane. 
I don't know if I like or hate this episode. It feels like it yes ends itself. It feels like it's in a time capsule for me to to a certain point. Um, but at the same time, there's some really funny shit in here. I have always wanted to go to one of those luxury boxes and just like go ham. Just show up and yeah. eat like everybody's sandwiches and and like be the most obnoxious asshole. I love that I really do love the fact that Hank tries to give them the worst fucking play in the world and Texas still somehow manages to fuck it up and lose the game. Um that is that is a funny, funny thing here. I mean, it's not what you expect. You expect at least for me, I expected Hank to give them the winning play and for them to point up and say, yeah, so-and-so did it. And you can still get the same outcome here when the guy shows up and says, yeah, I was late for my plane. I wasn't in there. And they can still look for him. And now he's the hero and has to run away from all the Nebraska fans. Yeah. Like, still same plot. I, I, I appreciate that they went the like total opposite because I wasn't expecting it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's a butane, you know? I don't think I love this episode, but I know I don't hate it. Okay. It is football, though. I'd rather go watch uh, foosball, thank you very much. I watched opening weekend for Bundesliga last week, and it was great. Oh, yeah. I meant to ask you about that. How was it? Uh, Shitty. My team lost in the 87th minute. It was a 0-0 draw, and they finally fucking tanked it. Sorry, buddy. It's okay. My downstairs neighbor is a huge fan of the team they were playing and has season tickets and got to be there. And so he had this smug-ass look on his face when I asked him about it two days later. It was great. <laughs> Mark, what, what do you give sweet smells of excess? I don't know if I was drunk or exhausted or charitable, charitable or what, but I give this a char king. Um, Ooh, I, think this is a really okay. solid, I think this is a really solid way to start uh, season 12. Um, this is a really good episode. Hank is not overbearing and pushy. Um, he is generally supportive of Bobby and we like when that happens. God damn it. I don't care what it's for. We like when he's a good dad and yeah. I feel like they hit a lot of solid beats here and they used people the way they should have been used. You know, the guys are used well. Um, one thing I'm noticing about the new writers is they like to use Boomhauer versus the yes, old, we are seeing a the lot old more. guard doesn't use him they don't what did we do what did we figure out it was like we went like two weeks there and he didn't even have a spoken line and now like yeah. uh this guy dave uh, yeah dave schiff he's like he's got the whole bit about trollio and juliet and like it's great it's just little bits or you know um him being into hitchhiker's guide little things like this but it's you know the mm-hmm. new writers that are using him and i am honestly optimistic about the last two seasons of this goddamn show um I don't know. I think it's a really strong start. I, again, I was all about Peggy losing her mind. I, I like it, John. I really like this episode. God help me. It's a Char King. <laughs> Fucking awesome, man. Well, with that being said, I think we're to that end of the end of the podcast moment where we ask each other that important question mark, and it is, do you still like King of the Hill? Johnny, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. Even though I want children to die, I still love King of the Hill. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'd tell rather those good folks those 12 children us. die than sacrifice season 12. Uh, so far, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell these good folks where they can find us because they can always reach out to us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, we are on Facebook. We have a Gmail. We are Dangle Podcast on all of those platforms. Danglepodcast at gmail.com is where we uh, we like to talk with you guys and get questions and do all that fun stuff. 
You can always reach out to me on Dangle Podcast, or you can reach me personally, because apparently my brain is just still super weird and brain foggy, and I tried to do my spiel twice in a row. Uh, you can ask me about that at Krautball on Instagram. That's Kraut is in sauerkraut, and ball is in Swedish meatball. Mark, do I do not just cover myself like the best whenever I, I fuck this up? I really think I you, do a good job. You do pretty well. You do pretty damn well, bud, yeah. <laughs> gotta call myself out for it. Uh, just like you gotta call out where they can listen to you. Oh, if you didn't get enough of me talking about King of the Hill tonight, well, please go on over to the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, a weekly cinematic review where me and my buddy Brad, and sometimes our good buddy Johnny, like the one he was just on last week, this week I think, I don't know, uh, we take movies, we fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge, we review them, we talk about them, and then we talk about when you show those movies to your children. Um, I think, I don't know what comes out this week, uh, according to my giant wall calendar... I didn't write it down, so <laughs> um, scratch all that. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, um, you can also find me at the Two Wizards podcast, where me and my buddy Josh we stare into that void so you don't have to. Um, I do know that when this one drops, we will have just finished an epic three-part, maybe rolled into a four-part series on the Trojan War. So go check go check that out. Um, but you can also find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. Always gonna be Twitter. And I had this moment the other day, John. I realized I, there's a crucial bit here as we round into our 12th season of King of the Hill and our two-year anniversary of Dangle. I severely miss you being on Twitter because of your kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in whatever <laughs> i miss that joke so goddamn much sometimes and i've been writing little jokes in my head about like you can find me at krautball stream just what you are doing in germany and all the different things that you're streaming in germany like oh i miss that bit i don't mean to get so nostalgic but goddamn it do i miss that bit anyway listeners thank you for being here johnny thank you for being here with me um this is a good episode, man. I'm looking really forward to the future. Let's get the hell out of here. Or, or, I'm not cutting you off, but do you have anything else to say? Do you have bits that you miss? I don't fucking know. <laughs> no, man. Uh, I'm, I just, I'm happy to be here. Guys, I'm happy that uh, I got to spend the last two years talking with you, talking with Mark, talking about one of my favorite shows of all time, but possibly my favorite show of all time at this point. Um, if not, then God, good Lord, I can only imagine what my Simpsons podcast is going to look like. Mark, let's get the hell out of here. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. Bye, everybody.